Good morning. Are you excited to be here today? Are you excited to be here today? Awesome. Very good. I, I'm excited that you're excited, that I'm excited that, I don't know, I'm excited you're here. Glad that you chose to be here. My name is John, and I'm blessed to serve as a pastor here. And I just want to say thank you for being here. As Chris already mentioned, we're humbled and honored that you chose to be here on this Easter Sunday. Now, every Sunday, I start out uh, my time up here almost without fail the same exact way, okay? I typically say three words, and then you as the crowd respond with three words, okay? And since I know that some of you aren't usually here with us, I want to I want to coach you a little bit. Is it all right if I coach you for a moment? All right, which means those of you that are regulars, you're going to have to just sit still for a minute, okay? So normally I'll say, God is good, and then you will respond all the time. You got that far? Good. Then I will say all the time, and you will say, all right, are you confident that you've got your part down? Who's confident in here? All right. Who's not so confident in here? All right. Ready? Here we go. God is good. And all the time. You guys did that well. God is good. And all the time. I hope you believe that. And if not, I hope that you walk away today realizing that he is a good, good father. And I want to encourage you, come back next week because we're going to do it again, all right? We'll see if you can remember it. We're also going to start a new series called Dangerous Prayers. And in this series, starting next week, we're about four, there was four guys from here at the church, myself included, a few weeks ago that went to Romania, got to go to the border of Ukraine, visit with some refugees and just see uh, the crisis that's going on there. And so next week, we want to share a little bit of that with you. We're going to share about some dangerous prayers there from Romania. We're going to introduce you uh, by telling the story of a Romanian pastor that had been a pastor in Romania for over 40 years, had been in prison several times uh, because of his faith in Jesus. So come back next week as we launch this series, Dangerous Prayers, all right? Can you all just nod and pretend like you're going to be here next week, all right? We're all in agreement. This is awesome. Now... We have been in a series, this is our eighth week in a series entitled, as you see on the screen, I Am Jesus. When I think about this statement, I think about the words of Jesus, when I think about what he said he was and who he said he was, what he said and who he says he was and what he did really changes how I live. We've been going off this statement, I am changes who I am. Now when I say I am, speaking of Jesus, changes who who I am and what I do and how I live and how I think, what I say, how I spend my money. It changes everything about me. Now something you may not know about me if you don't know me well is I love to argue. How many of you also love to argue? Okay, uh, I mean, how many of you, okay, I, I really shouldn't be confessing this, but I'm going to. Now, I'm the type of person that I'm in the middle of an argument with my wife, 
And I'm always right. No, I mean, uh, and I know I'm wrong. But do you think I stop? No. Those of you that said no, you're like me, aren't you? Like, I think if I wasn't a preacher, I might have been a lawyer. Okay? Sorry to all you lawyers in here, all right? But I, I just like to argue. Now, in the Gospel of John, it seems like the entire Gospel is John, the author of the Gospel of John, making an argument or making a case. And so what we've been doing the last seven weeks is walking through the case study, if you will, the argument that John has laid out in the Gospel of John. And what he says at the end of the Gospel of John, in John chapter 20, in verse number 31, this is the second to the last chapter of the book, and it, but it really seems like it's a summarization of the book. And, and so John ends the book of really the argument, if you will, in John chapter 20, verse 31. Verse 30 says this, Truly Jesus did many other signs in the presence of his disciples, which were not written in this book. But, so now he's going to give us the understanding, the reason that he has told us what he has told us as we've read through his story in the book of John. He says, I didn't write everything I could have written, but the things that I did write, I wrote them that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that believing you may have eternal life in his name. Well, it seems like a pretty good summary of what, a purpose statement, if you will, of the last 19 chapters of his argument. Now, what is his argument? What, is he, what, what case is he stating? Now, how many of you have ever been called a liar? Raise your hand. How many of you have been, uh, truthfully, you are a liar? Okay. We, I mean, I think we all are, but I'm trying to be nice today. How many of you have ever been called a lunatic? Crazy. Okay. How many of you... Sometimes self-identify as a little crazy, okay? Lunatic, maybe. All right, third question. How many of you have ever been called Lord? I've tried to get my wife to call me Lord, but <laughs> that doesn't happen. I lost that argument a long time ago. So if you were, if you were to Google those three words, like, quote, liar, lunatic, Lord, and you were to search for a quote, most likely I think what you're going to find is this quote attributed to C.S. Lewis. C.S. Lewis wrote the book, or the Chronicles of Narnia. He wrote a lot of things, but that was one of the ones maybe he's most famous for. But listen to what he said, and most people attribute this quote that Jesus was either a liar, a lunatic, or Lord to C.S. Lewis. In 1942, this is what he said, a man who was merely a man and said the sort of things Jesus said, could not merely be a great moral teacher. He would either be a lunatic on a level with a man that says he's a poached egg, weird imagery there, or else he would be the devil of hell. And again, most, if you Google it, probably you'll, the, the 
The quote will be attributed to C.S. Lewis. But he stated this in 1942. But a few years before that, in 1936, there was a Chinese believer who stated this. This His name was Watchman Nee. He's written a lot of books, a lot of really good books. If he claims to be God and yet in fact is not, he has to be a madman or a lunatic. If he is neither God nor lunatic, well, he has to be a liar. If he's not a liar or a lunatic, he must be God. Well, let's back up a few, maybe 70 or 80 more years. 1859, John Duncan, as a minister of the Free Church of Scotland, was also a professor at the college in Edinburgh. Here's what he said. Christ either deceived mankind by conscience fraud, or he has himself deluded, and he himself was deluded and self-deceived, or he was divine. There's no getting out of this, what he termed trilemma. What he is stating, what other philosophers since them and theologians have stated, is what we see in the Bible, what Jesus claims to be. Okay, so there's potentially a fourth option here. So he's either a liar, he's a lunatic, or he's Lord. Potentially there's a fourth option that would be that he's, it's just a legend, like it's folklore. So I'm going to start my argument from this morning from the grounds or from the assumption that you adhere to the fact that the Bible has historical value. Like it's a historical piece of literature that is valuable, that is accurate. I'm not going to take the time to argue that with you, and hopefully that's what you think, but the reality is the Bible historically has been the most criticized, the most critiqued, the most sought after to destroy, and yet it has tested time. So I adhere to the fact that the Bible is, in fact, the Word of God to us. So based on that assumption that you give some value to the Bible, then what these theologians have stated is that as we see who Jesus claimed to be, we have to come to one of three choices. Either he's a liar, he's a lunatic, or in fact he is Lord. And remember what John said in John chapter 20, verse 31. These things I have written unto you, that you may believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, and that in believing you may have eternal life. And so what I want you to wrestle with as an individual this morning is this. As we walk through this argument, at the end of it, you need to make a decision for yourself. What do you believe Jesus to be? A liar? A lunatic? Or is he in fact Lord? And what John told us at the end of the book was that if you believe that he is Lord and you place your faith in Jesus, you have eternal life. So in the Gospel of John, John writes again, we know why he wrote it, he told us, but he gives seven um, descriptions of miracles that Jesus performed. These seven miracles display that Jesus is who he said he was. But he also records seven statements of Jesus that Jesus declares who he is. So if you're tracking with me, the seven statements he declares who he is, the seven miracles display 
who he is. Okay, so we're going to walk quickly through these seven statements. As we get to the end of these seven statements, then I'm going to encourage you to decide for yourself, is he a liar, a lunatic, or Lord? All right? Are you guys tracking with me? Just shake your head. We're good. We're good. All right? Here we go. First statement. Jesus said, I am the bread of life. Now, as, as we walk through each of these statements, you're going to notice that at the beginning of every statement is I am. It's a declaration. I am. But understand that there's much and so much significance and so much meaning in the two words I am. Because in John chapter 8 and verse 58, Jesus was talking to the religious people. He mentioned the fact that he might know Abraham. They said there's no way you could know Abraham because he died a long time ago. You're not even 50 years old. Old. And Jesus said, before Abraham was, I am. Period. And what Jesus was claiming in those two words, I am, is that he and the Father are one. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. He's claiming deity. We know that he's claiming deity because in verse 59, after he makes this statement, the religious people pick up all the rocks and they want to kill him. Why do they want to kill him? Because the punishment for claiming that you are God is to be stoned to death. Okay, so it's very clear to those listening to us reading, when Jesus made this statement, I am, he was claiming to be God. So in every one of these statements, it starts with, I am bread of life, number one. So let's read. What do you say about I'm the bread of life? Verse number 47, John chapter 6. Most assuredly I say to you, he who believes in me has everlasting life. I am the bread of life. So this is a big statement. Jesus says, I am the bread of life. He who believes in me has everlasting life. It's a pretty bold statement, isn't it? Let's keep going. The second statement, John chapter 8, verse number 12. I am the light of the world. John 8, 12 says, Then Jesus spoke to them again, saying, I am the light of the world. He who follows me shall not walk in darkness, but have the light of life. Darkness here represents sin. Darkness here represents death. And he says, I am the light of the world, and if you'll follow me, you won't have death. You will have life, light. Okay? So, so far... If you believe in me, you have everlasting life. If you follow me, you have life, not death. Number three, third statement. I am the gate or I am the door. John chapter 10, verse 9, he says, I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and will go in and out and find pasture. So if we come to Jesus, the door, the gate, we will have salvation. We will be saved. What does this word mean? It means that we'll be redeemed, we'll be pardoned, we'll be forgiven, we'll have everlasting life. We'll have a restored relationship with God, our creator. Because the Bible teaches us that all have sinned. We all fall short of the glory of God. And the punishment for our sin is we deserve death. Separation from God, our creator. And so what Jesus is saying is if you want to be reunited, if you want salvation, redemption, forgiveness, eternal life, I'm the gate. I'm the gatekeeper. I'm the door. 
Fourth statement, Jesus said, I am the good shepherd. In John chapter 10, verse 11, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd gives his life for the sheep. Verse 27 and 28, same chapter. My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. And I give them eternal life. They shall never perish. Neither shall anyone snatch them out of my hand. Jesus says, I'm the good shepherd. My sheep know my voice. And if you come to the good shepherd, who laid down his life for you, once again he states, you can have eternal life. Eternal life that cannot be taken away from you. No one can snatch the sheep from the shepherd. Fifth statement. I am the resurrection and life, Jesus stated. In John chapter 11, verse 25 through 26, Jesus said to her, so this is the setting here is Lazarus has died, a friend of Christ, a friend of Jesus. He has a conversation separately, first with Martha, then with Mary, and he has really the same conversation with them, and here's how it went. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me, though he may die, he shall live. Whoever lives and believes in me shall never die. And then he asked the question. It's the same question I'm asking you to ask yourself this morning. Jesus said, I'm the resurrection and life, and if you believe in me, though you die, you shall surely live. Have you caught the pattern that he is stating here very clearly, that if you believe in me and if you follow me, you can have eternal life, you won't have death, you'll have a, res a reconciliation with God, your Father, a home in heaven? That's good news, isn't it? Amen. He clearly is stating this. Number six. Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. So in John chapter 14, verse number 6, kind of the introduction to this statement in verse 6 is really a question that Thomas asked. We're going to talk about Thomas again in a minute. But in John chapter 14 and verse number 1, Jesus said, let not your heart be troubled. Believe in me, you believe also in God. Then he goes on to tell the disciples that I'm going to go and prepare a place for you. I'm going to come back and receive all of you who believed in me, that where I am you may be also. And then he makes this like statement, you know where I'm going and you know the way. And Thomas says in verse number 5, wait, hold on. We don't know where you're going. We don't know the way. Now, I don't know about you, but when I was in school, I was the kind that just wanted to sit in the back, ask no questions, get done, and get out. Can I get an amen to that? Slackers united, right? That was, that was me. And the people that ask all the questions, I'm not going to say anything. All right? I've been saved since then. I'm trying to hold it back. It seems like Thomas was that guy. But guess what? I'm really glad Thomas said, wait, wait, wait. I don't get it. And in verse number six, this is the response Jesus gives him. Jesus said, I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. Nobody comes to the Father except through me. Jesus. Now, 
This should be one of the greatest messages you've ever heard in your life. You know why? Because we're just reading the words of Jesus. It's what Jesus declared about himself. And Jesus says specifically here, what, what we understand by what he says here is, not, so we've heard this, you've probably heard this statement that all roads lead to heaven. And although that sounds good and it sounds loving, it's not truthful. And if I don't speak the truth, then I'm not loving. Because what Jesus clearly stated, that he is the only way to God. So the most loving thing for me to reveal to you today is the words of Jesus. The only way to have eternal life, forgiveness of sins, a home in heaven, restoration with God, your creator, is through Jesus. He stated, he's the way, the truth, and the life. So let's look at the last statement. Statement number seven, I am the true vine. John 15, verse one, I am the true vine and my father is the vine dresser. Verse five, I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit, for without me you can do nothing. This speaks to the relationship that we can have with God our Father, connected to God through Jesus. So let's summarize this this morning, these seven statements. What was Jesus actually declaring? Because again, the argument here is at the end of this debate, the end of this presentation, if you will, is that you need to make a decision. You have to decide either Jesus is a liar, Jesus is crazy, or he is Lord. So let's, let's clearly define what Jesus is saying so that you know what you are responding to. So I think we can summarize it in three statements. The first is this, that he is the great I am, that he is God himself. He became flesh and dwelt among us, John would write about. Let me encourage you before we move on this morning, that if you're kind of like, wow, I haven't heard of all these things, and I'm kind of lost, I'm kind of confused. When you walk out this morning, if you go to either one of the desks right out there, they'll be glad to give you a Bible. Just take it. There's also a book out there that says, I am Jesus, and it's just the Gospel of John. It has every one of these statements in it. It'll walk you through it really slowly, really easy for you to understand. It's a gift. Just, just take it, because this is a lot of information. So maybe you just need to take it home and process. But Jesus says, I am the great I am. The second statement here, Jesus says he's the only way to God the Father. Not all roads do lead. There's a lot of good moral leaders out there, but the only way to God is through Jesus. Number three, if you believe in Jesus, you can have eternal life. If you believe in Jesus, you can have eternal life. So, see a liar, a lord, lunatic. 
And John chapter 20 is, really gives us the story of what we celebrate today. It says there in the first verse that Mary went to the tomb early in the morning, the first day of the week. She wanted, she wanted to see the body of Christ. Remember the tomb had been rolled in its place. The guards were standing in front. When she gets there early in the morning, the, the, the stone is rolled back. And the tomb is what? It's empty. Well, that changes everything, doesn't it? She kind of freaks out a little bit. She runs back and tells Peter and John. Peter and John run to the tomb. Apparently, if you read the story, John is faster than Peter, and he wants everybody to know that, okay? <laughs> but he waits till Peter shows up. And Peter goes in the tomb, John follows him, and the tomb is what? It's empty. Now they freak out a little bit. And in John chapter 20, it says that Peter and John left and went to their separate homes. Mary kind of hung out. The angels appeared to her. Then Jesus appeared to her and said, I'm alive. And that changed everything. And now Mary runs back to the disciples and to Peter and John and says, I have seen Jesus. He is alive. Wow. So now what do they do? They run and hide. They're a little scared. What, what's going on? They didn't understand. When Jesus said that I'm going to destroy the temple and in three days I'm going to bring it back. He, they didn't understand that was him. He was speaking of himself. I mean, he had told them that he was going to die, that he was going to be placed in a tomb, that he was on the third day going to come back to life, but they're not really getting it yet, and they go run and they hide. And all of a sudden, in the evening, Jesus appears. And he says, peace, be still. They have a conversation, and they see the risen Savior. But remember Thomas, the one that asked the question, we don't know the way, we don't know where you're going. How can we know? Thomas wasn't there that night. Now, I grew up in a really, um, I'm going to try to be nice, really, really strict environment as a Christian, okay? And I remember hearing, this is why you should never skip Sunday night church, because Jesus may show up, right? So. <laughs> I don't, I don't think that's really what it's supposed to say, okay? But, and that's not even my notes. I probably should not be saying this. I need to get back to my notes, right? But Thomas wasn't there. Can you imagine the, the conversations that the disciples had with Thomas? Thomas, Jesus is alive. It all makes sense now what he said. I, I get it. I am the bread of life. I'm the resurrection of life. I am the way. I'm the light of the world. All of it makes sense because he's alive and because he is alive, we also can have eternal life. It changes everything. And what does Thomas say? I don't believe you. Liar. <laughs> Lunatic. You know, I've said that for a long time myself. Even though I grew up in church, I can't be true. You guys are crazy. 
verse number 24 in John chapter 20. Now Thomas called the twin. I have a good connection with Thomas because I'd be a twin. And when Thomas says something dumb, I'm like, yep, that's my twin. (laughs) When Thomas says something smart, yeah, that's me. All right. He was not there when Jesus came. Verse 25. Then the other disciples therefore said to him, we have seen the Lord. So he said to them, unless I see his hands, the print of the nails, and put my finger in the print of the nails, and put my hand in his side, I will not believe. You are a liar. You're crazy. Verse 26. And after eight days, his disciples were were again inside, and Thomas was with them. Jesus came, the doors being shut, and stood in the midst and said, Peace to you. Then he said to Thomas, Thomas, the one that had doubted. Thomas, the one that had said, you're crazy, you're a liar. Reach your fingers here. Look, look at my hands. Reach your hand here and put it in my side. Do not be unbelieving, but believing. And I can't help but think this morning in this, in this room right now, there's some of you that are just like Thomas, just like I was. I don't, I don't believe it's, you're crazy. Verse 28, Thomas answered and said to him, what did he say? My Lord. Thought he was a liar and a lunatic. And he said, my Lord, my God. And my my prayer in this moment is that you would come to the same realization. Listen to what Jesus says to him. Jesus said to him, Thomas, because you have seen me, you have believed. And then I think it's as if Jesus looks into the future. Maybe even 1028, 1021, I can't read. 1021, on April the 17th, 2022. Blessed are those who have not yet seen, but believe. And maybe in this moment today, you believe. Jesus is Lord. I love the words of Thomas. He personalizes it. My Lord, my God. And today, if you want to place your faith, because we've clearly stated, right? It's been very clear. Let's go over the three statements again. He is the great I am. That's what, he, that's what Jesus declared. He's the only way to God the Father. That's what Jesus declared. If you believe in him, you can have eternal life. That's what Jesus declared. So, I'm done with my argument. 
What's your choice? Liar, lunatic, or Lord? And if you want to make Jesus your Lord, you can do it right now. You can do it in this moment. It's you simply praying. I, I, I think that there's a simple three-step process in declaring that Jesus is Lord and making him your Lord. The, the first step is that you admit that you're a sinner. That's what the Bible says. All have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Admit that you're a sinner. The second step is to believe that Jesus died for you. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him will not perish but have everlasting life. And then confess that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. And today, if you want to declare, Jesus is Lord, and I want him to be my Lord, you can do it right now. I'm going to ask everybody to close your eyes for a moment. And, and in this moment right now, this moment could, could change your life forever. It could change your eternity. And maybe God has revealed to you through scripture or maybe through a song that we say, maybe just through his Holy Spirit prodding you, that in this moment, Jesus has revealed to you, he is Lord, and you want to, in this moment, place your faith in him. And in doing so, you can have eternal life, salvation, forgiveness of sins, a home in heaven.